0: hello this is the tribe stories the curated sermons conversations and collections of poetry of the tribe lagos the tribe lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of lagos committed to reaching the next generation with the message of god's love and grace may this refresh and revive you as you listen pastor mike smith and pastor beckitt smith there please celebrate them um they are, they are marriage counselors from Covenant Christian Center, but they've been married for 19. So I need to sit down and take notes. Well, um, first of all, thank you um, for having us um, at this the Trivia. Um, it's it's a privilege. It's an honor. Um, I really got the invitation. Um, my first reaction was, would like me to go and tell them, you know, um, you tend to see, uh, like he said, like Frederick said, you see all the boxes and the toilet seats and the, I've started eating garlic of late, so my wife is sitting a bit of a distance from me, you know, <laughs> uh, so, you see all those little things that. I love you know, you, you can. <laughs> um, so, you don't see all those things, you know. But um, um, I will tell you, we'll just flow and we'll just tell you um, some of the thoughts. Let me just put it that like, way. Just see us as thinking out loud. Uh, some of the thoughts, some of the lessons that we have learned. It will be 20 years uh, come September. Um, yeah, so thank God. But I would just you know, by way of introduction um, just say that I believe God is already moving. Um, I was listening you know, to the worship and it's a message and the message for me was you know, when we truly focus on how beautiful God is then so many other things fade away. And part of what fades away are the wrong notions and the wrong mindsets that we have of, you know, things like marriage and things like God's love. Um, scripture says that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Um, so we want to just share, you, was, yeah, you were set free from the lies um, and from the things that you have imbibed that are not correct. Um, so um, we're praying that even as we share some of the lessons, um, that um, uh, light will come. Amen life will come understanding will come Um, but before that I think maybe my wife would just tell us a little bit about how she fell in love with me uh, (laughs) it's
1: been a journey it's been a journey and um, as we sat there I kept hearing the word keeping it real keeping it real I don't know why I just feel like a, a realness let me coin that word you know happening around here And, um, I tell you it's, 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 um, it's awesome. Let's keep it real because loving God is real. You can't fake it because the one you're dealing with knows. So why fake it? So let it be real. And when the the, the leader was saying something about you be the praise leader, don't let me. And I was thinking, yeah, you know, I won't stray from what we're here for, but I'll just mention. Paul and Silas when they praised in the prison many were looking on and it was only Paul and Silas that had their shackles broken because they were praising. Don't be an onlooker when there's praise going on. <laughs> the shackles will remain but when you give it unto the Lord there's always a tough setting free. So don't be an onlooker in praise and I thank you. We're all praise leaders the person staying there is leading as it were, but you're also leading in praise. Amen. So that's just an aside. <laughs> I met my husband in the law school. We're both lawyers. Yes. <laughs> but we, we went to study. <laughs> we met in the law school and, um, was a distraction (laughs) a good one (laughs) and um we we just became friends um we just became friends and allowed it we it was there was no um how i put it now there was um it wasn't lost at first sight it was love at first sight in that we just wanted to be friends and um At that time, well, most of us then, at the background that I had, when I started feeling some feelings, I had to go to the Lord. I don't want to sound all spiritual, but that's what I did. And what I wanted was a word from him to know whether this is it or this is him. (laughs) And the word that came to me was out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. God hath shined. And I thought, what do you mean by that, Lord? It's, and he explained to me more that it's about purpose. You won't come in contact with someone that would not enhance ministry as it were. And I'm not talking about pulpit. I'm talking about fulfilling his will. So it was somebody that I knew would enhance whatever the Lord wanted to do with me. So I let go not thinking other places and I thought, yeah, let's be friends and we became friends and um, we would walk, I remember they used to call us trolleys. <laughs> we took a lot of walks together, talking about ourselves, sharing knowing each other, I knew his background my husband was raised by a single mother and um, I come from Family where we're so close knit, my brother and I, and a younger sister, and you know we needed to understand ourselves because we were from different backgrounds. He schooled in the UK. I went to Federal Government Girls College Oyo. <laughs> so there were two different you know backgrounds, as it were, and then we we kind of knew that there was a flow. There was a flow and there's still a flow, and we went with that flow until he proposed.
0: Okay, um, so she fell in love long and short of it. Um, but um just to buttress what she yeah, said. Yeah, I fell in love, you know. Um, falling in love was the last thing on my mind when I went to law school. Um for me, was going, do the bar exams and all. And um, then we had this, you know, love feast, as it used to be called. And she ministered in song. And as she was singing, I actually heard a voice, you know, the Lord speak to me and says, first of all, it was like, oh, wow, this lady has the voice of an angel. You know, that's what I, I said. I my eyes at that. It <laughs> no, came to me, was like, oh, she sings so beautifully and she's an anointed singer. And I heard a response that said, that's your ministry. That's like your helpmate. That's actually what I heard. Um, and I didn't understand. She had been born again for a couple of years. I was born again my final year, just before law school. So I was like a baby Christian. So I really didn't understand. And I was a bit scared of all these SG people and all their visions and all that. So um, I I took my time. Which I was then. Yeah. I took my time because the thing then was the moment you heard, the next thing was that you would propose. You know, and so friends were asking, when is it? When is it? And, you know, it didn't happen for almost another five years. You know, I, uh, after law school, I went off to Calabar to serve. She worked her youth service to Lagos. You know,
1: I served in
0: Lagos. She served <laughs> in Lagos. <laughs> you know, um, after Cross River, you know, and she came to visit. It was very kind of her to come and visit me um, in law school. I mean, in Cross River.
1: My parents didn't know I went. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, but I mean, the thought was immediately after law school, I would, I mean, after you service, I would come to Lagos and then join her. And then we marry and we live happily ever after. But <laughs> I decided to go to Kano. So I was off to Kano um, where I spent
1: Kano
0: is in the north. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it was like a ruth, you know, when someone says, okay, I'll leave everything. You know, where you go, I will go. You know, where you'll be, I will be. Your people will be my people. And that's really what happened because Kano was a very strange environment. Um, we had stories of religious riots. I remember with our second child, um, there was a religious riot. Then it used to happen almost every three years. And uh, we had to run into the bushes. So imagine her pregnant, you know, like three months pregnant with our second child. I had the little boy, Wah, who's our first. He was two. And we're running into the bush. And um, I'm telling you about something very real because I had two swords in my house, those ornamental northern swords. I gave one to the guy who used to live with me, Lucky. And I took them and I said, you know what? See you on the other side, but make sure you take down three of those guys at least before you die, you know. And um, and you have a wife. You have a kid. So I appreciate her sacrifice, you know, and and making that commitment then. It's been a journey. So what are some of the things that we've learned, you know, in terms of lesson? Um, Like she said, hearing God, I think that's important. Um, Because the storms will come. And it's important that you know. You know, friend, uh, I have a little prayer group in my house. You know, some young men we pray together. yesterday morning one of them was asking me that oh what if you you marry a person and then you don't love the person anymore and i said that's not the right question you're asking the right question should be directed to god in the sense that god i heard you you told me when i said to you this woman has the voice of an angel you told me that that's my helpmate so you go back to him time and time and time you know what's so beautiful about that you can say to god your daughter there are times you can say, God, I'm reporting your daughter to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because that's a fatherhood of God. And then that's comfort and the security you have. So I think it's just very important. You know, for a lot of us who are uh, hoping to get married, don't play with that. Don't get caught up in the, you know, the emotion and the, it's, that's important, yes. You know, um, but you need to have a clear word from God. And if you ask him, he will give you a word. Right? Yeah.
1: A lot of us might be wondering, how do I hear God? Because yes, some people might think, but how? I keep telling people that it's as simple as McFoy calling me out from there and I know it's his voice because I know him and I recognize his voice. It takes you knowing the Lord. It takes a walk whereby you have a relationship I tell my children, my seven-year-old, by the way, speaks in tongues. She's like, you know, <laughs> in fact, something she said this when I was sitting in my house, I was like, mm. <laughs> it's as simple as from that age where you teach them to know the Lord. And it's not spooky, as it were. It's a simple life where you open like my sister who was talking about a mother and a child. It's a relationship. It's like you, you open yourself to a life whereby that person, you can say, I know the voice of God. I tell them as simple as pick up that piece of paper. You say, Some people say, I, 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 I heard something. No, it's you heard God. It's as simple as that. Put on those shoes. You think is your mind. It's your relationship with the Lord that is telling you what to do. Once you see, and it's faith. It's all by faith. It takes you totally trusting and knowing this is the person I'm working and walking W-A-L-K with. Amen. It takes you abandoning yourself to him. You're not Saying, you know, some people depend on, and then, uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to use this that came to my head now. I'm saying maybe a man of God out there said, we're so used to that. That we're only waiting on what that man of God has said. That we don't now see ourselves as able to hear God. Samuel didn't know. He heard, but he didn't know. But he now went to Eli and said, this is what I heard. Now, there are Eli's in our lives. I don't, I don't disdain that. So it's possible as you're growing in him, you want to know you can ask an Eli. Ah, Eli, having walked with God, knew that this must be that voice. He now says, when next you hear, say this. There's always that guidance also. But there are times when you hear and you are certain this is God. And you go ahead. What test to use most times is the Bible. If it's in the word. And you don't have to hear like I heard that verse. Look, when he heard, it wasn't a verse in the Bible. You understand? So there are ways that the Lord speaks to us. It could be a scripture or it could be a definite word where you hear Lola, so, so, and so, this is what you do. God calls my name. I hear sometimes, Bukola, you talk too much. <laughs> and I will write it down, you know. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry, I zip up. Why, why are you not? There? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was an exact word I heard once. You talk too much. And I wrote it down. And, you know, there's a way you can have fun with the Lord. Oh, Lord, why are you saying I talk too much? Yes, you do. But I'm saying, you do. Now you're talking too much again. That's a, you know, that's a back and forth you have with the Lord. Sometimes I'm out and I do it and people are looking at me and I'm like, people think I'm crazy. But you're not. But they're looking at me. Go on, talk with me. You know, there's a way you can have a wonderful life with the Lord. I tell you, it is fun. Even when you are doing something wrong and he corrects you. He he does it in a loving way. He doesn't have a hammer over your head. No. Amen? Amen. So don't think that he's like that. Yeah?
0: (laughs) And um, I mean, I want to go back to something my wife had said about, you know, the background. I think it's very, very important um, for both of you, when you eventually, even for those who are married, to actually sit down and say do we even understand what marriage is are we on the same page we have the kids come and the i children. say the children the kids come kids and are baby goats the kids right <laughs> and they come right? do that a lot. <laughs> and um they talked about grace and you saw the journey i think god was just using that as a parable for this you know what is grace oh it's my auntie you know my teacher in school and so that's a type of a situation we find ourselves where someone in the relationship is seeing grace as a teacher in school. Meanwhile, somebody else has a completely different definition of what grace is. And so we do that in marriage a lot. So there's what we call the default mode. And um, like my wife said, you know, I was raised by a single mother. My parents separated when I was six. Um, my mother was in the military, she was a colonel, beautiful woman, and I actually have no recollection of missing my dad. I don't. I don't have a recollection of sitting down somewhere and saying, oh, daddy, 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 where are you? Oh, my daddy, daddy, daddy. I have absolutely no recollection. Part of that is because she never sought a root of bitterness. There was a picture of my mom and dad in the house, and she would always say, oh. Uh, kids, you know, you guys, you know, your father's a wonderful person. She always spoke well of him. Yeah, he had an affair. He, you know, got and you know, story for another. They go and buy the book when I write it, right? But you know, that whole thing was there. You know, but um, she was just incredible. Now, what that has done, you know, I think it was in um, Shakespeare, um, Othello, that he said, "I loved wisely, but I didn't love too well." You know, I loved too well. I didn't love wisely. Um, she did the best she knew to do. She wanted to fill in that vacuum. But what it had done, it had created a very independent person. So my default mode of marriage is actually a single parent. Um, and I can be very independent. And I remember growing up, you know, schooling in the UK. That's long before I met my wife. I would have these visions and I would be in court And I would be, um, I saw girls, like two or three girls. They were my kids. I never saw the picture of my wife. And um, the judge was saying, well, Mr. Smith, don't you think these girls would be better off with their mother? And I said, my Lord, what can she do that I cannot do? She braids hair, I can braid hair. She cooks, I can cook. She cleans Amazingly. the house. Amazingly. She cleans the house. I can clean the house. The only thing I can't do is breastfeed the kids, and they don't need breastfeeding anyway. You know. So, but I never saw the judge pass the sentence. Right? I just saw the judge sort of, hmm. And that was when I was 18, that was when I was 19. And fast forward I get into marriage. I am independent. I am. I just feel. What can she do that I cannot do? And if we had ended up divorced, it would have been like mission accomplished for me because I then patterned myself and the rest of my life after my mother. And it was a happy home. We had an amazing time. Had a, so I wouldn't feel I was missing anything. And that's very dangerous. And that's why I said you need to sit down with your spouse Look at the experiences that you've come from. And that's why that song ministered to me personally. And when we took that song, I said, Lord, that is a song for everybody here. Let other things fade away. And Jesus, take your place. Take your place in marriage as you have defined it. Take your place in marriage as you want it to be for us. My wife, you know, um, she was... um, You want to talk about your your own background? So we see how different it was. You know?
1: Yes, um... I, I mean, my parents, wonderful people, they brought us up in such a way that we were such a close-knit family. My dad is late, and um, there are days I still sit and I cry, missing him. He died at 81, but he was a selfless, selfless person. Selfless for his children, he would do anything. My dad would drive all the way to Abuja for my brother who served there people used to make fun of us because my dad wouldn't let you go in public transport to a place like that. He would drive you himself. And um, he, he lived that kind of life for us and for my mom. Even when he died, I thought, how would my mom cope? Because she was so dependent on him. And um, thank God she's doing well. But um, we were brought up that way. And when I knew that my husband was from a single home, I thought oh dear how are we going to do it but I met his mom and like he said and I was still telling him yesterday that how I wish mom lived that we could do her 80th birthday because we wanted we would have done I mean they used to call her Oluga a unique woman I would say beautiful she took me in you know it was just like she had been waiting for his wife (laughs) and um, we got along so well Mommy, I used to call her mommy, was so hard in terms of a disciplinary. You didn't, I mean, soldier that she was, you couldn't just mess up in front of her. But there was that loving side, a very straightforward person. She called black, black and white, white. So you didn't have to come and tell her eh, it's a mix. She'll tell you what is it, black or white, you know? So she was that kind of person, but somehow we were able to go on together. And like he said. We didn't let that affect us. Oh no, rather we took, we saw what had happened with our different backgrounds, and we took a position that this would work. See, a lot of people these days go into marriage thinking, if it doesn't work, I'll get out of it. Ah uh-uh. A lot, and that's why many Christian marriages are failing. You will hear so so and so, oh, they're no longer together. You hear so, so and so, and, and I'm like, Lord, what's happening? When we were getting married, at least before then, marriage seminars and all, they would tell you marriage is like the door you enter, you open it, but there's no handle from inside. And that wasn't like you were trapped. No, they were just telling you that this is like a life that you're entering into. So you're going in there, living happily ever after, as it were. But it's like a a determination to ensure that it works. So there's an endurance, I was talking with my husband yesterday, endurance, as it were, in a marriage relationship. You don't, you enjoy it, but there is endurance. A lot of people used to say, you don't endure in marriage, you enjoy. There's both, there must be endurance. Because you were raised differently. Yes, you're born again, your spirit filled. But there's no denying that you were raised separately and differently. So you're coming with your differences. And it's the differences that now will come together and you would have a match Yes, people talk about match made in heaven. Mm, don't deceive yourselves. Here on earth, <laughs> you will re- you wake up. I mean, after the first night of marriage, and you're like, yes, I'm in it. <laughs> if it tends towards you losing your life, please leave. Her. I'm not saying that you must stay. And then they hear story later she was shot. Or oh, God forbid that I have I have people that I know who died like that. And regrettably, I mean, I wish. It wasn't so, but for you that you knew that you heard, like my husband was saying, you can say your daughter has done this to me, you, or your son has done so. So, so you have like a, 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 center point as it were, and a reference, you know, you can always remind the Lord. So coming together, you are, you are working it out. You, you, you tend to, I told him about some things like agreement where you defer to one another. You know, the Bible talks about the man being the head of the home. The woman, two two captains cannot, you know, steer a ship. It will sink or go different, another direction. So the woman knows how to just like accept, not totally be reading over, but because you have an understanding man, there's always a coming together of minds. And then you have a... Um, it's not seamless. You, you still would definitely, I mean, I have times that we, we rough it out <laughs> and uh, we, we come back together and say, okay, sweetheart, I'm sorry about what I just said now. Okay, what do you think we should do? So we come, we, there's always a coming back, as it were, to one another, to ensure one, the children are watching. The children are watching. And what you went through, you can spare them. So that they can have a life that is well, you know, at least you, the Bible talks about them being taught of the Lord and great being their peace, amen. So you make sure for their sake also. But if there are no, there's no child or children at that time, for the sake of even the fact that you are both children of God, the fear of God that you have can keep you in your relationship. And I tell you, once you have a heart that you, in, you, you, you want this to go on and work, there's no way grace, like the children we're talking about, will not be made available. And yours will be an example, even to people, and they can make a reference point to your marriage and say we want to be like these people. We want to be like that. Amen.
0: Um, what about when things go wrong? What about when Uh, you, you mess up as it is, you can and you will, you know, uh, it's human, we're human. Uh, One of the things that we've also learned is that guilt is a very useless emotion. Right? Learn that quickly, not just in marriage, but even outside marriage, but in marriage in particular, it can be quite destructive. Yesterday we were at a function and one of our dear friends you know um, she was in a relationship that didn't quite work out seven years and seven years um, she, the guy had one or two issues and um, told her about it and they were very devastating things any babe would have been like what? you know is this a person that will be the father of my kids that sort of a thing and so she took they took a break but less than how how long? it was about couple of months actually in fact he met somebody else and was going to marry that person on the day that they originally had set for their wedding so a girl has been dating a guy for seven years she discovers something about him in counseling and she says we need to we can't just jump into this marriage we need to sort this thing out you know and she says let's take a break and the next thing she's hearing is he's getting married to somebody else on the date, she had to call him and say, at least honor me by not having it on that date. And then he shifted, it. but within a year, he was married. You know, today he's married, he has kids.
1: He's a pastor, by the way.
0: And she is, what, she's going to be 50 next year? And she's not married. You know, and we're just talking and we're just saying, you know, what, perhaps, if they had had a bit more time, she feels bitter about it. Um, but I feel let me speak for the man that for some reason his guilt will not allow him to even work it out to go back to her and say you know what, I know that I've messed up, you understand what I'm saying and I'm coming back to you so that we can work this thing out and so many times in marriage you will make mistakes, I've made my mistakes and Right there and there, if I allowed the guilt to consume me, we would not be, you know, would have gone our separate ways. But like I said, guilt is a useless emotion. Um, Even many times when you're now trying to do certain things, uh, it shouldn't be because you want to feel less guilty. Because then everything you're doing is now tainted because you want to feel less guilty. It's, you should view it instead as an opportunity, right? Another opportunity, a second chance. So I want us to know, for those who are married, and for those who will marry, that opportunities will, you know, things will arise, you would make mistakes, you know, realize that guilt, like I said, is a, is a useless emotion. Realize that marriage gives you second chances. And that second chance is now an opportunity to make things right. Do you understand? Not to make you feel less guilty. There's a big difference. So those are a few lessons. I don't know if you want to just, you know, wrap up with anything else before we do question. Yeah?
1: By the way, what was discovered by this, my friend, was that the man had been sleeping with prostitutes. Yeah, it was deep, very deep. And, I mean, they couldn't just go on. Yet, we don't even know if the wife now knows about the story. But they're going on, they're in the States also. And she, my friend, is also in the States, single. And, um, Whenever she talks about you, you would know that she's still in pain. This had been like almost 20 years. But she's, yeah, she's still in major pain. And understandably. But what I would say is, that shouldn't keep us from opening up. No matter what, we need to, 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 to let the other person know whatever was in the past. Don't let's use that to hide it. Let's speak. And I believe, you know, one thing I know with the Lord is it's like you never sinned once you have, you know, asked for forgiveness. But we human beings, like my husband said, we're still living with guilt. Meanwhile, if you you should look at your records before the Lord, it's like plain, completely clean. Those children talked about it now. He will even take you shopping. <laughs> you know, that's the interesting thing with our Lord. But with you, if you're looking to marry, open up to the person. If you are married already, if there are things that are holding you back, some guilt of the past, let the blood cover. If you want to talk to your spouse about it, do. And let both of you be on the same page. Amen. Amen. So if you have questions, I mean, let's hear.
0: <laughs> you can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.